Hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. What's, uh, what's wrong, buddy? I just watched the hit 2004 film Troy starring Brad Pitt and Eric Bana, but I don't know if it's accurate at all. Hey, we've all been there, friend. This has you pretty messed up, huh? Well, I have good news for you. Ah! Jesus! I'm a doctor. Of medicine? Even better, classics. And I have all the answers for your burning questions about myths, ancient Greco-Roman history, and the movies. Where can we get this incredible medicine? Over on the podcast, Greased Lightning. It's on all your favorite podcatchers. It will be the sweet ambrosia of the gods. New episodes every other Monday. What do you think happens when we die, Camarillos? Good day. A good day would be to sleep in, take a motorcycle ride. You know, you're going to have to catch me. Walking the streets of the future is really going to be breathtaking. Welcome back to Hanksy Panksy Honor Among Reeves, a podcast where two dumb idiot best friends absconded with Tom Hanks, purloined Dwayne Johnson, and are about to be absolutely mugged by Keanu Reeves. I'm Sam Siegel, and I'm stealing your family. Oh, stealing the whole dang family. I am Luke Patrick, and this week I am drag racing when I should be painting houses. I'm out here drag racing. Ah, Luke, Mm -hmm. come on. You're drag racing. I'm stealing the whole mishpocha. It's a (laughs) wild time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Japes abound in this episode of Hanksy mm-hmm. Panksy. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, now, Luke, obviously we watched a movie, but mm-hmm. we have some business to attend to. We do. You're, are you referring to the toy toyverse by chance? Oh, yes, I am. Okay, then let's, as promised, sorry we had a little bit of an intermission when we saw a man called Otto. That one wasn't related, wasn't in this season doesn't count exactly so um we've got it looks like four questions here from Chuck that i did read in the last keanu episode but do you want me to go through them one more time yeah and let's actually ask them one by one and let's just bang them out let's just get them done okay if a toy dies in the toy verse do the other toys have to watch the kid play with the dead toy's corpse? No, because if the kid is playing with the doll or playing with the toy, it animates it yeah. again. It provides animus from the ether. It revitalizes mm-hmm. the toy and brings him back to life. Yeah, I I think that's that's an easy answer. Toy resurrection, absolutely a thing. Yeah, very much so. Uh, where did the toy spirits go in the in between though or is it just like it's just like maybe human death like there's a black nothingness that yeah i i I think that's probably fair i don't know that there's (laughs) or is there a toy hell toy hell toy hell um hmm. (laughs) well Hold on now. Mm-hmm. What if toy resurrection is a thing, but it's not the same toy soul? Interesting. So it comes back all weird, kind of like a monkey's paw sort of thing. Yeah, it's uh it's like um you know the it's like reincarnation. 
Okay. 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 So, that's a that's a more positive spin versus the thing that I said. Yeah. No, I'm talking like uh, a maybe a previous toy or person or animal that died. Yeah. Inhabits the the now resurrected toy. Okay. Now this I could work with. So so let's say Woody dies. Woody's um, dead. Goodbye. Rest in peace. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They stop playing with Woody. He's dead. Now, suddenly, a uh, kid starts playing with Woody again. Tom Hanks ain't coming back in that body. Instead, it's a uh, local hero squirrel. Mm-hmm. Um, so the squirrel's soul inhabits Woody. Yeah. So, so when Woody walks up to Buzz, and Buzz is like, oh my god. I'm so glad you're back, Woody. And local hero Squirrel is like, I I don't know what squirrels do. Good attempt. Um, um, yeah. Well, if it's if we're sticking with reincarnation as mm-hmm. the model for this, then the the squirrel wouldn't act like a squirrel; they'd act like Woody. You're you're working yeah. within the framework of what you inhabit. True. So would they have? Would it have Woody's memories? I think they have toy instinct, is what we've landed on. Okay, but but he doesn't have toy memory, right? He wouldn't have Woody's memories. No, and this explains why the toys in the in the Toy Story movies sometimes forget their whole thing. Yeah, because they've died, they've come back. Some yeah. someone else is in there. They have the same impulses, but. They don't have the memories. They've been wiped clean. Exactly. This is why sometimes the toys get toy amnesia and don't yeah. seem to remember anything. It's because it's, it's not it's the not, same soul. Exactly. It's not the soul of a of a cowboy sheriff. It's the soul of a very honorable squirrel. <laughs> All-time top ten squirrels right here. Mm-hmm. Like that squirrel that could water ski. Mm-hmm. You know the one I'm talking about? Yes, it's I that do. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe Woody then is also like, man, I really want to fucking water ski right now. And no one <laughs> understands why. Who knows how past lives work? Sam, that's number one. Let's do number that two. Is. Okay. Would something change about the toy to the perception of the kid? Can toys die without being destroyed? Um. Okay, so so we have covered that toys can die without being destroyed. It's if they're neglected. Yeah. Yeah. But the question is, you stop playing with Woody. Woody has died. If you see Woody, can you tell? That Woody is a dead toy? Yes. Yeah. Because... Um, mm-hmm. This is this is why we find certain dolls creepy. Oh, that's a dead doll. That's a dead doll. That's a doll oh, that has fuck. died. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> this is Yeah. If we've done nothing else in this podcast, I feel very proud that we finally figured out why some dolls you look at them and you're just like, "Nope." That ain't mm-hmm. happening. That doll right there is dead. Look at those dead eyes. I gotta tell you, one, you're knocking this out of the park, and two, it is almost distressing how quickly and confidently you're answering these. Hey, I th- you're like, 
plugged into the Toyverse tonight. Oh, I love it. Can I just say, talk, thanks for chucking mm-hmm. us back into the Toyverse. This is, this is where I live. The amount of time I've spent outside of the podcast thinking about the Toyverse... <laughs> is a little distressing, and I should talk about it in therapy. So yeah, I was about to ask, have you talked to to your therapist about it? Yeah, yeah, they should. Uh, yeah. Okay, here's the last question: What level of destruction does it take to die versus being partially alive, like Sid's? Now, Tuck, I quibble with this a little bit because Sid's toys were not partially alive; they were fully alive. Yeah, they were. They were toys being played with. However, however, um, I think this one is fairly easy. Okay. Um, pure annihilation. I think if there has to be nothing left of the toy for you to play with. Yeah. Like, I think if you still like, I hate that I'm, I'm making this pull. I think it's the same way you kill vampires in twilight. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta you gotta rip them to pieces and set them on fire. Yeah, I think so. I think the rip the the grip it rip it burn it mm-hmm. approach is the only one that's gonna work for yeah. toys. Because if you got let's say you got you've torched Woody ninety percent of what Woody's body <laughs> is torched, mm-hmm. <laughs> and all that remains is ten percent of boot. Um, mm-hmm. If a kid goes, oh, I'm a cowboy with a little bit of boot. Exactly. Yeah. A kid's mm-hmm. gonna find a way to play with any of those bits yeah, and pieces. Exactly. So it does take one hundred percent obliteration, annihilation, obliviation. It's all gone. Yeah, every single bit and scrap has got to be gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whew. That Can was I tell good. You? Mm-hmm. That that was restorative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a dip back into the madness that mm-hmm. was having to watch. Four Toy Story movies. Yeah. Why are there four? And we're going to have to return to the fourth one. You know that, right, Sam? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Okay. I'm, I think I'm excited about it. Mm. Famously, we said Toy Story 4 was the worst one. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, but we get to come to it uh, from a different direction. You know, we got a, yeah. a different point of emphasis. That's true. We are sort of arriving at a, from a different vector on that one. Yes. Mm-hmm. But Luke, we're not watching Toy Story 4. What we watched tonight was 1989's Parenthood. Um, yeah. And I want to know, how was your watch? Smooth as butter. Um, mm, nice. No complaints. This one's on Nerd Flurks, which is awesome. Yes. So, oh, God. So good to just not pay for it yeah i didn't pay a dime for this one um which feels real good and um nothing else to report sam what was up with your watch i watched alone kenna had plans with some friends tonight so it was just me a salad and a DiGiorno pizza that was weirdly flat Hmm. now you don't expect that from a DiGiorno. No, I even I got the rising crust because I know some of you out there are gonna be like, well, you got the thin crust. No, it was the rising crust DiGiorno, and I don't know what happened, but it was just kind of, kind of flat, and mm. I don't know what happened with it. Well, you hate to hear that. That's that's still, no good. It was still tasty. Yeah. 
Um, but, but yeah, otherwise, you know, uh, uh, easy breezy watch. Luke, what's the plot of Parenthood? I dare anyone on earth to put the plot of this movie into three acts. Um, mm. I think you could do it for any one individual plot piece, like a right, single thread yeah. of the various plots that run through this movie. So instead, here's a very broad strokes uh, uh, approach to what Parenthood is about. Um, mm-hmm. Parenthood primarily stars Steve Martin and uh, Mary Steenburgen uh, mm-hmm. as as a couple. They have three kids, and um, very loosely, it's about their family, extended family, and themselves navigating the the woes of parenting. Uh, yeah, the way I would put it is. What if Modern Family were less diverse and a movie? Yeah. And late 80s. Like, yeah. right on the cusp of being 1990, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, you can taste the 90s. Yeah, I you could lick it. I wish I could be more specific, but there's... There's, it's, there's no good way to do it with this one. It's just about uh, various families navigating parenthood. And yeah, like yeah. you said, Sam, it is basically a less diverse modern family. Yeah. So it's uh, like remarkably similar now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, they're quite Again, similar. It, but if they were all heterosexual and um, white. Yeah. But before we let but? it go unnoticed, uh, the, the cast in this one? Fucking stacked. Oh, my God. God. Yeah. Bananas. It's ridiculous. Uh, we've got we've got Keanu, obviously, Steve obs. Martin, Mary Steenbergen, um, North Little Rock's own, might I add. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh let's see. Uh we've got Rick Moranis. We have Luke, a young Joaquin Phoenix. An extreme I want to talk about Lil Joaquin. I have many who, opinions about Lil Joaquin. So young, he is actually credited as Leaf Phoenix. Yes. And we looked this up. This is a matter of great contention within our house. Was, mm-hmm. is Leaf his given name or Joaquin his given name? And uh, Sam, here are his brothers and sisters. You've got River. You've got Summer. You've got Rain. You've got Liberty. And his given name is Joaquin, not what? Leaf. <laughs> What? But as a kid, he said, I don't have a name like my brothers and sisters. And I guess ostensibly his parents went, yeah, that's true. And he was like, okay, you're going to call me Leaf. And so he goes by Leaf. Huh. I got to tell you. In a, my best guess is that when Joaquin was born, he was the only he was the only kid that they were sober for. Yeah, at the at the birth, the others they were toked up uh, to the to the nines, but um, you know having some jazz cigarettes, yeah, naming your kids. <laughs> so you're saying that this is what all the other births looks like? They were like, "Hey, what do you want to name your kid?" Uh, River, man, River, <sighs> River, and then for him, they were like, "Hmm." Liberty, dude. <laughs> what do you want to name this one? Joaquin. Yeah, sounds yeah, good. Yeah, Joaquin. 
<laughs> oh. Um that that's pretty conventional for y'all. Yeah, we couldn't get any weed. <laughs> it's a dry spell. You know what mm-hmm. I mean, man. Um but yeah, we we got a lot of people in here. Yeah, lots of people in Ron Howard behind the camera directing mm-hmm. this. Uh yeah, man. It's it's an all-time production crew. So. Yes. Uh so what do you think? There is no good, there is no bad. This movie is Oh shit. Um oh. This is hard when we can't say it's good or bad. Now, I've got one locked and ready if you want me to buy you some time. Yes, go for it. Parenthood, 1989, is moving. Moving is a good descriptor. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say it's an amalgam. An amalgam. You know, that's not bad either. Because it does get, like, someone mentions uh, being an amalgam in the very beginning of this movie. Steve Martin has a flashback and it makes, creates an mm-hmm. amalgam of all the people his dad ever ditched him with. Um, yeah, it's sort of like that. It's just sort of a nice, pleasant pastiche of mm-hmm. lots of different families. What are we looking at? Four different families here? Four or five? Yeah, f- four and a half, I would yeah. say. Cause four and the, a half. Because the brother Larry yeah, uh, and his sort of situation with the, the primary parents. Yeah. Parent, parents prime. Yeah. So, moving, I like. Yes, I would agree that it is moving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say poignant, but I feel like that's more of like a sad... Yeah, it's not really sad. It is a comedy, um, mm-hmm. but it has a lot of heft to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. De- moving, touching. I would accept touching. Sure. But not too much uh, touching. The no, right amount. not too much. Yeah. Yeah, just the right amount. Um, yeah, man. It. I'll, t- I'll tell you, it's also kind of long. It's... it's yeah, I think more so than any other movie we've watched recently. I paused it uh, mm-hmm. to grab dinner or something because we got some delivery. Um, and my dude, there was an hour left on the movie and it nearly crushed me like an anvil right on my sternum. It was not good. It is impressive how much this movie manages to ring out of two hours. Yeah. Because I, I had to pause it a handful of times. And every time it was like, I thought it had been like half an hour, maybe 45 minutes. And it had been like 15 minutes. Yeah. And and that's not in the sense that it was like really dull and plodding. It more in the sense of just like, it does a lot. It's yeah. very efficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very efficient with its time. Yeah. It uses every single minute down to like... Usually, there's like 10 minutes of credits. So, mm-hmm. like, if I'm looking at the clock, I'm trying to tell you how long it's going to be before I'm out of a movie. I know, like, ten the last 10 minutes are going to be credits. I can take those off of, you know, my expectation for an ETA. Mm-hmm. Uh, not this time. They no. filled it with a montage full of babies because that's how this movie ends is everybody has a kid. 
Yep. Um, so I want to know what, uh, was there anything in the movie in particular that, that moved you? Uh, yeah, there are a couple, um, roller coaster speech didn't do so much for me. Liked it as an analogy, basically grandma of the family, Mm -hmm. uh, talks about how, uh, raising children is like being on a roller coaster, how it makes you sick and nervous and anxious, but also excited and you enjoy the ride and that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Um, great scene. Uh, but where I really landed was, uh, Steve Martin has a talk with his dad. So Steve Martin's, uh, bullshit brother. Larry is mm-hmm. uh, is about to be ganked by some some uh, gamblers mm-hmm. who he owes money to, and so he hits up their dad for twenty six thousand dollars, or just a cool twenty six k, just a cool twenty six large, or they're gonna murder him. And so Grandpa goes to see Steve Martin and just asks him like, "What do you think I should do?" Um, Mm -hmm. then they just have a really nice sort of repartee about like where he kind of says, I was not a good dad. Here's some places Mm -hmm. where I fucked up. And then Steve Martin is like, Hey, I've blamed you for a lot basically, but you know, what am I really doing? My kids in therapy, which that's a good thing. Um, Mm -hmm. one of my kids likes to hit things with his head. Uh, my other kids snogging every boy, every, every boy at the school. Just like they just start, mm-hmm. they compare notes on being yeah. a dad and how hard it is. And uh, yeah, I quite liked that scene. Yeah, you know, it was a really solid scene where like I I I liked how it's sort of this like kind of come to terms between yeah. the two of them. Yeah. So so I I thought that was very well done. Yeah. What about you, though, buddy? Uh, I'm going to get a little earnest. Mm. Um, really, like, a lot of what Steve Martin goes through, uh, I just identified with in a big, big way. Mm. Um, because I really want to be a dad. Yeah. Uh, it, and the, the push and pull between wanting to be a dad and also like being an anxious person generally speaking yeah uh and not liking change is honestly pretty masterful masterfully pulled off in this yeah where um steve like very clearly like rankles at like i want everything to be predictable and certain and all of that and it is just incompatible with having a family and man I fucking it terrifies the shit out of me yeah uh and and so so a lot of that really really hit home um and then the like everyone telling him like don't worry so much like I don't know I just it, it very very similar places in terms of just like and also uh, the notion of like not wanting your kid to be fucked up the same way you are. Yeah, exactly. Partic- particularly in terms of like mental health. Yeah. Um, because you know I got my things, and I worry a lot about having a kid and my kid having my things because my mm-hmm. things aren't fun. Sure. By any definition. So, uh, 
So yeah, no, really, really got to me at, at some points. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, my man. Yeah, this movie is very funny, but also, like you said, I think poignant's a good word for it, actually. I'm doubling back on poignant. Um, yeah? Yeah, I think poignant's pretty good. I don't know that poignant always has to be sad. Uh, I just feel like it connotes sad. It could. I think it could. Um, but yeah, either way, this this movie is weirdly earnest in a large mm-hmm. number of places, despite giving us... Keanu Reeves, very good, good, happy trail. All right, thank you for bringing this up. Uh, folks, it is time for Dick Watch. Um, yeah, I I didn't want it this season, but Sam, you sent me the materials, and mm-hmm. I think we have to. So, a couple things have transpired since we put the kibosh on Dick Watch. Uh, one is that, I honestly, I don't recall if it was you or me, discovered that Keanu did, like, kind of a, a nudie photo shoot. I believe this was Reddit, and I discovered it and sent it to you agog. Because yes. what does this mean for Dick Watch? Uh, it means very good things, because we get a view of his butt, and we get a view of his bush, <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> folks, I am proud to report what a bush it is, Thick, long, dark, everything you want in a bush. It, this actually feels a little creepy now that I'm yeah, digging in. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I shouldn't have described the bush. That was that's where I went wrong. Um, but in this movie, he's in some tidy whities that are paper thin. Yeah, I um like we do ultimately basically see his entire ass because his tidy whities are seemingly like mesh uh so so he sees his entire ass and then which pretty good uh and then he turns around and he's got this i hope to god fake happy trail it's not a trail it's a hike uh it's let me let me pull up the photo here. Yeah. Um, anyone who wants it, I'll email us and I'll send it to you. I guess. <laughs> I don't think we. Do you really want to open the door to peddling weird semi-nude screenshots from your phone, bud? <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I just—it's such a weird happy trail because it looks like it's painted on because it is perfectly straight. It starts, like, I would say, like, finger length below the nipple line. Yeah. And it is just solid. G- cuts right through the belly button and then and then hits that glorious bush we talked about earlier. But, like, it just, it doesn't look real. I mean, no. peep this again, my guy. Yeah, I know. I stared at it for a good long while. It is... Um, it's the Appalachian Trail of, of Happy Trails. Uh, this it one goes looks, deep. It goes long and it goes deep. It looks like he is very hirsute, and they just shaved all of it except a perfectly straight line. Which is genuinely what it looks like. I mean, it has to be fake, but why would somebody put it there? I don't know. Comedic effect? 
could be comedic effect. Maybe it was a thing that a makeup person did because they were like, this will be funny. It'll be in the movie that he has a huge happy trail and only I will know because mm-hmm. no one else is ever going to see it. We fucking got you. We yeah, got you. We we got you, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the other, and I'm looking closer here, it's the hair seems to dip right into and out of the belly button, implying yeah. that he's got a hairy belly button, which I don't love. I think we cracked it. I am uh, I am 99% sure that this is a makeup artist who did this as mm-hmm. a joke and told Keanu, I'm going to make it look like you have the world's most fucked up happy trail. And Keanu went, ha ha, sounds good. And then they did nice. it. And yeah. then we're the only people in the history of Earth other than them to clock this thing. Yeah, because I think I'm the only person in the history of the Earth who paused the movie, zoomed in uh, did the 10x zoom on his phone and snapped a photo. <laughs> yeah. Probably. But, um, now, what'd you think of the buns? They're pretty good buns. I mean, they're identified as cute buns. Yeah. In, in the movie, it is identified, uh, cause, so, Keanu, by the way, plays uh, the boyfriend of the daughter of one of the single moms. Uh, there's a single mom Good. in this movie. Yeah. Um, that is not the easiest sequence to follow, but whatever. Yeah, he's he's a boyfriend. He plays a boyfriend mm-hmm. character. Kind of, he's like a slightly more realistic version of uh, Ted from Bill and Ted. Just like a little yeah. bit more realism injected into Ted's universe. That's who he plays this time around. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So here's the thing, Luke. Mm-hmm. It is Dick Watch. It is Dick Watch. And so I do have to talk about it. Yeah. I'm going to start at a different place, though. Mm-hmm. We also see Steve Martin in, uh, in uh, uh, gray briefs. Yeah. So, so tidy whities, but uh, fancier, I would say. And let me say, he fills them out. He fills them out in a distressing way. Enough that I, an untrained eye in the arts of Dick Watch, did see mm-hmm. them and go, oh man. Yeah, dude's got, dude's packing. Yeah, he's got meat. He's got mm-hmm. the meat. Oh, he's got it more than Arby's, even. <laughs> um, and and it's cruel, because we see that first, and then we see Keanu. And folks, I'm not happy to report that Keanu is not filling these out. I will say this. Mm-hmm. I think there's some splitting happening in this photo. Uh, uh, talk me through it. <laughs> I think certain things are dangling in one direction, other things are dangling in another. I think we've got an up and a down. As it I were. don't know because we've got so we've got obvious clackers between the legs there. Yeah, and we've got a shaft that, unlike Steve Martin, is not pushing at the seams of his briefs this feels perverse well why did you do it this season (laughs) bud you're the one that wanted to do it yeah well i i don't think i've gone into that much detail not so Um, not so like thirstily (laughs) i think (laughs) 
Kenna's has gone. This is a thirsty ass dick watch. Well, Kenna was actually here for this part. Oh, okay. Um, and what she said, she sort of agreed with me that it seems like Keanu is maybe not working with much, but she said maybe he's a grower. Could be a grower. Could be a grower. And um, I think, and at that, I think that's between Keanu and his god and his his mm-hmm. loved ones. And I think we should respect the man's privacy, Sam. Well, I'm sorry. If he's gonna keep hanging it out there, I have to keep seeing it you and have taking to keep... photos of it. <laughs> yeah, you had to keep sending me very granulated, like grainy images of well, people's yeah. junk. I wasn't gonna get up off the couch. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, I just want to cherish the idea of you sitting on your sofa going, oh yeah, that's the dick, pausing it, <laughs> pulling on your phone, fully reclined, and then zooming in ten times. Yeah, you, f- you fully described the exact thing that transpired this evening. Nice. <laughs> um, it, like, if you had had said cat curled up by my legs i would have thought you had been peeping through the window watching me do it yeah and who says i wasn't um yeah, yeah. you never know um but yeah i, th- I think it's time to get at dick watch yeah 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 yep 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 let's get out of there um let's see what else i what else do i fucking have about keanu in this movie he's not in it just a ton not a whole lot, but he does a real good job. Does a phenomenal job, and he injects a lot of uh, just good vibes in his thing. So, for instance, this guy, we meet him in this movie, on this movie's terms, uh, when he's fucking. That's kind of the other thing I wanted to talk about, is it, and it's what makes not doing Dick Watch so hard, because Keanu is so fucking sexual. He's very sexual. For such a private individual, Mm -hmm. this is like number five or whatever movies we've seen of him where dude gets down. Yeah, and maybe that's why my dick watch uh, uh, descriptions were so thirsty. (laughs) It's because this guy just drips sex. Yeah. He does, which is weird because he's sort of this like moppy-headed... Mm-hmm. Um, goofy, just sort of dude. Uh, yeah, I like, it, but like, I don't know. It, it he's it's this really interesting kind of multifaceted performance. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because we get him fucking. Uh, we get his wild happy trail. Um, and then you know him being like doofy and shit. But also, like, we get this one scene where he's talking about his relationship with his dad, and it's, like, heartfelt, and it's serious, and it's really well done while he's drinking milk straight from the carton. Yeah. And then he does, it's, my favorite part of it is he does this, like, full body, like, shake, and then he's like, well, bye. He literally goes, and then runs out of the scene. Yes. Uh, almost like it wasn't scripted. Like it was just Keanu I know. going off. Yeah. Um, 
we get him talking about Joaquin Phoenix uh, beating off a lot, <laughs> uh, which is just yeah. a great scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I do love him being like, he got his first boner. You know what that is, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> to a woman who has two children. Yeah. It's excellent. Um, fuck, man. Keanu really brought a lot of life into this movie at certain points. Yes. And it was well-received on my end. Yes. For sure. I, I re- anytime I saw Keanu, I was happy. And we got kind of a new flavor of hair. We have three, I counted them, three different types of Keanu hair in this film. Now, mm-hmm. Sam, which one's your favorite? Uh, that would be the middle evolution where it's short. Yes, agreed. The middle evolution uh, of Keanu's uh, Pokemon hair, this time around, fucking perfect. Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah. It's it's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I don't know, it just works for him. And it's it's interesting that, uh, that when he's younger, the shorter hair works for him, and now the long hair is... Oh, the long hair is in. So good. Yeah, so good. Yeah, I think, well, I mean, in this version, in this evolution, um, Keanu's Here I Choose You, it is sort of short in the back and the sides-ish, and then the top is sort of parted, and it's like top of the air, top of the ears level length. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. And it just, so it's sort of like a Neo plus some. Um, yes. And it works in a big, it's, big way. It's got some very interesting action going on with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I complain about something? Yeah, yeah. This movie starts with a song by Randy Newman, and it isn't You've Got a Friend in Me, but goddammit, it sounds exactly like it, because Randy Newman has one fucking song, and it ain't that good. <laughs> Contrast this with the note that I wrote. I don't know if it was sarcastic or not. It might have been. Uh... <laughs> You know it's good when Randy Newman opens your show. I, I hope to Christ that that's sarcastic. <laughs> I don't... I'll put it this way. I don't think it's sincere. Mm-hmm. So, But I don't know. Here's my problem with, with you ragging on Randy Newman. Uh-huh. Um, he was a great guy. He was a great guy. Oh, that that's... Okay. There weren't commas following that. That was a period. Yeah, not really. Yeah, that's sort of the end of it. I great or not, he clearly has one song because Kenneth thought it was "You've Got a Friend in Me," until she walked into the room and was like, "Oh, you're not watching Toy Story." Yeah. Yeah, it does sound really similar, doesn't it? Like, mm-hmm. like identical to "You've Got a Friend yeah. in Me." Like, if it was a different person, he would have been sued. I think it's just the voice. I think it's like Tom Waits. Like there's, he's got such a distinctive voice that it's impossible to differentiate the but things that the, he produces. The music, like the yeah. actual music of it, is real similar. The I don't know. It's all ugh, Randy fucking Newman. Um, Larry. I want to talk about Larry. And don't let me forget, I really want to talk about Joaquin. We're 40 minutes in. I have yes. to talk about Joaquin before we're okay. done. Okay. Well, let's talk about Joaquin first. Okay. Here's my deal with Joaquin. I don't care 
what you think about Joaquin sort of individually, dear mm-hmm. listeners, we can all kind of agree Joaquin Phoenix is a really big acting talent, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes. He is known for being an actor. Mm-hmm. And f- fucking God damn it, if you can't see it in this kid's face, I don't like kid acting. Yeah. This kid acts like an adult. Yeah. He really, he fucking puts on a clinic here. He does. Like, there's a scene where he calls his dad, his deadbeat dad. Um, yeah. Yeah. Joaquin, by the way, is Keanu's brother-in-law uh, in this in this movie. Boyfriend becomes husband, brother-in-law. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, he calls his deadbeat dad that ran off, uh, ran out of the family on them. And... Uh, yeah, he has this, like, transition from, like, he's on the phone, he's excited, and then he transitions into, like, being sad and then almost into despair. And this is a child actor that's emoting all of this. Just mm-hmm. through facial expressions. And I wanted to stand up and clap at the screen. It's so impressive. Now, Luke, I know what you're wondering. Yeah. Um, The phone number that he called, is it an operating number? Well, I called it. No, it is not. Because um, they live in St. Louis, so I looked up St. Louis's area code, because we only got just the seven-digit number, 2065790. Yeah. Um, so so I looked up St. Louis's area code. They recently got a new one, sort of an additional one, so I called both the, the original one and okay. the... The newer one. Okay, can I say I'm glad because I don't want you to do this on air, but I was going to ask if there's multiple codes and if you called all of them. Yeah, Uh, it's it's three one four, and they just recently, uh, like last year, added five five seven. Okay. All right. All right. So you did the research. You did. You did all. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I did get scared because I called the the three one four number and it it rang a couple times, and I was like, oh shit. (laughs) <laughs> oh shit, what am I gonna say? What the fuck do I possibly say if someone ever picks up? Um but but then it was like, nope, there's no number here. Uh and then the the 557 just isn't even anything. Yeah. So. For sure. Ooh, that's a that's a load off of my mind. Uh cuz oh, yeah. yeah, what if somebody picked up, my guy? I don't know. I like I'm gonna tell them what I'm doing, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess I would want to know if my phone number is in a movie, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I'd have more questions for the weird asshole who heard a phone number in a movie and called it. Well, also the weird asshole that was watching a movie from Checks Notes, nineteen eighty nine. Hey, did you know that your phone number is in nineteen eighty nine's Parenthood? <laughs> <laughs> yeah the context on that makes it so much worse <laughs> versus like hey did you know your your phone number's in a movie oh like what like avatar or something nah man it's 1989's parenthood <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> how do you know this oh we're doing a podcast uh where we watch all of tom hanks movies but Tom Hanks isn't in this one. Yeah, I know. We're doing Keanu Actually, now. you're wrong. Who? Tom Hanks is in this one? Yes, he is. Because one of the movies 
that Joaquin Phoenix <gasps> yes, hides yes, yes, yes. his nudie videos in is the, the disc jacket, or I guess the VHS jacket for Dragnet. I wrote that in my notes in all caps. Thank you for reminding me. You're yes. welcome. We do get Dragnet. Tom Hanks is by face only mm-hmm. in this movie. Yep. Yes. Uh, I I was so happy to see that connection, which means there's one degree of separation between the two. Yeah, true. True, true. No, but you wanted to talk about Larry, Steve Martin's yeah, deadbeat, gambling-addicted uh, brother. Yeah, shithead brother. Uh, who, the actor, it, it was driving me fucking wild during the movie, because I was like, I know I've seen this guy before, where have I seen him? Seen him. Did, did you have this experience as well? Not really, no. Well, he played Mozart in Amadeus. Oh. Yeah. There you go. Small world. the same thing. Mm-hmm. And do you know why? Like why he, he played, played Mozart? Uh, why, why he's in this movie? He booked it? No, Luke, let's take a walk down history lane. Oh, okay. I'm tracking now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you've got your cap on. Uh, you got some nice comfy boots. Um, and, uh, and we're going down history lane. And, Luke, I'm here to tell you that Keanu Reeves was Mozart. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, what do we know about Mozart? Young. Mm-hmm. Dumb. Mm-hmm. Full of cum and very fun. That's Keanu, man. And that was Mozart. I know everyone was just raving about this kid at the time about mm-hmm. how fun he was. Yeah. You know? They're like, oh, he's a really good musician. He's young, dumb, full of cum. Um, and uh, but yeah, no, that was Keanu. So uh, everyone thinks that you know Mozart died uh, like and was put in like a pauper's grave. But no, he just. He just dipped. Yeah, sort of partied, partied his way out the door one day. Yeah. And then I just mean, never look came at Keanu. Back. Keanu loves a party. Clearly, yeah. we're seeing yeah, a guy yeah. who loves a party, has some musical talent, as we've seen in, in Bill and Ted. Uh, yeah, he, he made the connections. He knows mm. this shit. He met Beethoven, both as, as Ted and also when... He was, I don't think they overlapped, actually, now that I think of it. <laughs> um, I don't think they did, or if they did, it was it was pretty late. Um, yeah, I mean, he would have met Beethoven, you know, in one of his other lifetimes. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is a whole revelation for me, man. This is mm-hmm. This is a lot to process. Yeah, so they were like, oh, Keanu, you were Mozart. Let's get the guy who played Mozart to be your shitheel brother. Yeah, makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an open Hollywood secret that Keanu Reeves uh, has been alive as long as humans have. Mm-hmm. Which makes some sense, because honestly, if you're in Keanu Reeves' position, you're immortal, you're trying to make mm-hmm. us an actor, um, you know, out this of lifetime. all the other- yeah, in this lifetime. Um, why would you keep that a secret? You know, people are either going to believe yeah. you or they're not. Um, well, and he's so chill. Yeah. 
Exactly. Like, it doesn't... If you... If you sat down on a bus, right? Mm-hmm. Next to Keanu Reeves. Didn't know who he was. It's impossible, I know. But let's pretend that you didn't know who he was. Um, All right. And everything about him is still the same. And he just turns to you and says, hey, I'm immortal. Yeah, no. It would, yeah, you'd believe it. And it wouldn't change a thing about, you know, where you're no. at in that day. No. Not a goddamn thing. And so, again, I feel like they were trying to figure out who cast for the movie. And Keanu was just like, oh, uh, you know, they've got that Amadeus movie out. I was Mozart. Mm-hmm. Why don't you get the guy who played him? He seems like he'd be good. He he did a good job pretending to be me. Yeah. I thought it was pretty accurate. <laughs> An entire theater turned at the end of Amadeus to look at Keanu Reeves <laughs> expectantly. Yeah. He just gave it a thumbs up. Yeah, he was like, that fart part, I did that. Mm-hmm. I loved a good fart joke back then and now. <laughs> Excellent. That was uh, that was a, an enlightening walk down history lane this week. Yeah, you know, here's the thing though. I'm getting a little worried that history lane and conspiracy corner are starting to like overlap a little. Yeah, there's yeah. something's happening. Yeah. Um, and we'll see where it goes. But I just want you to know that some of these might get increasingly unhinged. Mm. Um. Which one's your favorite, like, parent? Keanu. Yeah. He yeah. does a good job. Um, I mean, we I only see of... him parenting but briefly. But yes. he is, you can tell that at the very end, uh, you know, he and uh, his wife have a kid. This, this guy is glued to this baby. Just like. Oh, yeah. Clearly in love with his kid. It has changed his life. It's grounded him. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, really checked his reality, and I adore that. Oh, it's good. Though, you say glued to the baby. Knowing his character, it is entirely possible that he actually glued himself to the baby. True, true. Like, yeah, I was making my models. Yeah. I was making my model, and I just glued myself to this baby. I didn't know I had to wash my hands before I picked up the baby. Hey, we'll figure it out. Do you think next week we're going to get the voice again with Keanu? Because we've had a lot of the voice up to date. We man. have. It's going to be interesting to see when when we no longer see the voice. Yeah. Okay, so there's there's multiple stages that we're looking for. We're looking for the grizzling of mm-hmm. uh, Keanu Reeves. Yes. We are also now looking for the death of the voice. The death of the voice, the change of the hair... The drop of the balls. The drop of the balls. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Got a lot of watches going. Oh, and is Keanu a lefty? He was holding that oh, baby yeah. in his left hand, his left arm. Yeah. I didn't pay attention. I kind of forgot about the whole left watch. Yeah, I did too. Shit. <laughs> I, I got to remember that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, like, I don't, I don't know how much more you have to say here, but, um, I did just want to point out that we did talk 
there's mention in this movie of Rick Moranis receiving, as I'm going to call it now, auto fellatio. Ooh, auto fellatio with the, yeah, the separation between them the is pause extremely is good. Critical. Yeah. No, but he was receiving some sloppy at highway speeds. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yes. Rick Moranis, folks. Rick Moranis is, I think, maybe the last person on the planet I would expect to receive Roadhead. Yeah. But no, people explicitly stated in this movie that that's what happened. Multiple times. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to make of that. I don't, I don't know. Because we don't see neither Hyde nor hair of his Johnson, so I don't know if he's got, you know, a good package, and that's why he got a lot of road head. Yeah. And she, she said that it was to help him relieve stress, which, I gotta tell you, I don't know that it would help me. I feel like I would feel more stressed. <laughs> I will say this, I don't believe any, uh, any transit authority on earth would suggest that you add that level of distraction to driving no Um, i don't think so yeah um no matter what kings of leon tells you uh i i don't think you should go for it probably yeah weirdly i'm being handed a letter from the from a representative from the national highway transportation uh safety administration and it says nah man roadhead's totally safe (laughs) (laughs) get blown in the speeding zone man (laughs) go for it (laughs) oh god um i I only have one more thing really to say about this and then maybe we can get out of here Uh uh-huh this movie is boomer propaganda Ooh, yes because we are told that Steve Martin uh, is his family. He's single income. Presumably, he's a lawyer. It seems like. Um, I genuinely don't know. That was gonna be my another one of my questions. Actually, is what the fuck do you think Steve Martin does? Business. Business is what it seems like. Just sort of mm-hmm. generic. Because he works at a firm, which makes me think, okay, he's a lawyer, and someone was up for partner. But yeah. it could also just be business. Yeah, because it could be like a marketing firm. Marketing firm, or it could be like a business consultancy. Yeah, um, a generic business factory. Yeah, business that makes businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless, we are told that he is able to support Mary Steenburgen, mm-hmm. four kids, and himself, and own a very large house yes. in a nice neighborhood off of one income. Bullshit. In this economy? In this economy? It ain't happening. Nah, it ain't happening. Man. Have you seen how much eggs are? Yeah. In, in milk? Don't get me started oh, on milk. Don't fucking get us going when it comes to milk prices. Yeah. These boys... We don't, you don't want to hear us talk about milk prices. No, Uh, especially considering I don't even, I can't even drink milk. So I, but I keep buying it because you got to have milk. You got to have have it. Who knows? You never know what's going to happen. 
because we all know about the milk goblins. <laughs> Everybody knows about the milk goblins. They show up at your house and they're like, we need milk. And so you got to give them the milk or else they <laughs> kill your whole family. It's a, yeah. it's a big problem in these parts. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Milk prices being this high. Yeah. Um, I don't know how how long I can keep the milk goblins sated. Um, it, the the other thing I wanted to say is this movie kind of also is just like an explanation of like why people our age are so fucked up. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. 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 Because their children are all like on the cusp of millennial, I would say. Yeah, oh, I'd say firmly there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, so... Okay, actually, no, I see your point. They're, like, in the interstitial zone between, like, Gen X and Millennial. Yeah, because, yeah. like, he, they've got one kid who's nine, and it's 1989, so he was born in, like, 1980, yeah. uh, maybe 1979. So, like, it's... The, t- the timing's... Like, I don't know that a, someone born in 79 is a, is a Millennial, no, technically. Definitely not. No. But they're not really Gen X, either. Anyway, um, but we just see these, like, parents, I guess, like, boomer parents, who've all been fucked up by their, like, emotionally distant parents, and are then fucking up their millennial-ish kids, and it's just like, yep, that's how we got to where we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, again, boomer propaganda. Mm-hmm. The whole way through, uh... Yeah, zero out of five stars on the. Yeah. Is it? Uh, <laughs> is it not boomer propaganda scale? And I would cut it some slack if they had the milk goblins in it, but they don't. They don't. No one has the milk goblins. Not enough movies talk about the milk goblins, and it is a big problem for me. Yeah. I mean, basically nobody except us. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, we're the ones bringing you the news about, you already know, though. You already know about the milk yeah. goblins. Yeah, we all know. But, I mean, at the same time, though, Luke, talk about speaking truth to power. You know, talking yeah. about milk goblins on our our definitely well-listened-to show. <laughs> yeah. To our millions of listeners. Uh, yeah. Though, I gotta tell you, um, when I say things like, uh you know, our well-listened-to show implying that we're like, why does no one listen? And then I remember that I said milk goblins and also talked real weird about Keanu's dick and balls. Um, the question sort of answers itself. Yeah, it does. Yeah, or Boris style, sort of, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's all I got, my dude. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's get on out of here before the milk goblins show up and kill my family because I only have oat milk. Um, so uh, next week, because it is actually next week since we don't have a, a surprise uh, Tom Hanks movie, uh, we will be watching 1990s. I oh. love you to death. Oh my! We're finally in the 90s. Finally in the 90s. So what do you think I Love You to Death is about? Um, I really like doing these in a single sentence. Okay. Um, so I challenge us both to do that. Um, okay. 
Keanu Reeves is a Hallmark Valentine's Day card writer slash serial killer. Mm. Um, a Hallmark movie take on necrophilia. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never see it coming. <laughs> we'll catch them totally off. New decade. <laughs> New ways of making cinema, baby. We'll hit them with this one. They won't know what's coming. He's a busy lawyer from the city. She's a corpse. How will they make it work? <laughs> Oh, that's too good. That's real good. This Valentine's Day, I love you to death. Yep. Fuck, that's good, my guy. Well, thank you. Uh, well, folks, thanks for listening to another episode of Hanksy Panksy. You can find us on Facebook at Hanksy Panksy Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Hanksy Panksy Pod. You can find us on Twitter at Hanksy Panksy. You can find us on Mastodon at Hanksy Panksy. Ooh, I think it's just Hanksy Panksy at home.social. And you can also send us an email at hangsypanksypod at gmail.com. Um, now, that, now that Luke has sort of reminded me, I'm not sending you that, that creepy photo I snapped at Keanu um, from the movie, not, not of his real body in the world. I didn't creep on him. Um, but, uh, but yeah, feel free to drop us an email, especially if you have questions about the Toyverse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, you can also head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash hanksypanksy. we got lots of fun stuff over there. You can vote at the $3 level now, uh, and voting's open until the 27th, so come on over, join, and get get your vote on. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, give us enough money, and you can be one of Hanks' heroes like Russell, Tuck, and Daniel. Fellas, I'll save you from the milk goblins. Luke, do you have a final <laughs> quote? <laughs> yeah. I do. Um, it's I'm a goddamn amalgam, and in my head I'm saying it like uh, like a brother where art thou style. Like I'm a goddamn amalgam. Mm. I'm a goddamn amalgam. I'm a goddamn amalgam. There you go. Perfect. I love it. Uh, well, <laughs> folks, uh, thanks for listening to another episode of Hanksy Panksy Honor Among Reeves. We'll be back next week with I Love You to Death.